Edmonton CFL franchise. Riley, he's going to keep it. He hits the five. Hey, Edmonton, that's your quarterback. Mike Riley to the end zone. Touchdown, Eskimo. With a loyal and passionate following. We finally can say we're champions. Bring it back to the seat of champions. This is the show that brings you the stories and personalities of the green and gold. Yeah. This is the Eskimo Show. Now your host, Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio. 630 Chad. Hey, hey. Good evening, everybody. How are you? My goodness, wasn't that a great football game to be a part of on Friday night? Lots and lots of fun. Everything happened. We're here for the next hour talking Eskimo football on 630 Chad. Lots to cover. Lots to cover. We'll go back to Friday night. What a game it was. Lots of fun at Commonwealth Stadium on the Brickfield. Uh, Coach Jason Moss will join us. Plus, we'll talk with Nickelbacker. Kenny Ladler. We'll talk with defensive end Marcus Howard, and we'll check in with our uh, analyst Blake Dermott, and we'll head to Winnipeg a little later on in the program and discuss the Winnipeg Blue Bombers with the voice of the Bombers, Bob Irving from our sister station CJOB. Uh, plus, your thoughts. Hey, shoot me a text at six thirty, six thirty. Tell me what you thought of Friday night's wild game, the wild finish. Uh, terrific evening at Commonwealth. The Eskimos back to work now for the last couple of days. Uh, after Friday's win over the Riders in overtime. Uh, wild momentum swings. Man, a game that had everything. Lots of scoring, wild momentum swings, lead changes, great catches, big defensive plays. Uh, it's already been dubbed an instant classic. 39-36, the Eskimos beat the Riders in overtime. And the final 13 seconds and the OT alone gave us lots to talk about. Let's take a look back now. Uh, how the Eskimos engineered a comeback over the Saskatchewan Rough Riders on Friday night. Motion starts. Durant gets the ball. He'll drop back. He looks, throws, and is it complete? Touchdown, Saskatchewan. Shamad Chambers. A target early, and he couldn't come down with it. He's had a big second half and gets a touchdown that puts the Riders ahead. 35-33. They'll go for one. What has Mike Riley got up his sleeve? 13 seconds for number 13 to work with. They're down by three. I told uh, Riley to get me to the 50, and he said, you got it. And, uh, you know, they did it. So that offense got me a little closer than I wanted. And, you know, uh, great operations between uh, Kinger and Lynch and just makes my, my job easy. So there's the snap. Riley drops back. Is he going to throw? There it is. And it's uh, complete and stepping out of bounds was... Nate Kuhorn at around the 50. Seven seconds to go now. What's crazy is right before the kickoff with the 19 seconds left, Whitey said, get us, get them to the 40-something. And we like, all right, got that and it happened. So, hey, I, I, I think nobody have more confidence than that guy in themselves. So, it's good to know that. Riley drops and throws, and that is complete. And stepping out of bounds is Darrell Walker with three seconds to go. So, this will be a 51-yard field goal for Sean White. The guy's a beast. He's automatic. Um, you know, he told me to get him to the 50 at the end of the game there we were able to get him the 44 so i figured he better make it or he's gonna be a liar to me so uh, but i mean he's he's just that's that's a great weapon to have as a field goal kicker um you know we have a ton of confidence in him and, and that helps us you know then we we don't we don't try to force things downfield at the end there we know that if we get it even close he's gonna make it first attempt of the night how much more can you take he's hit from 53 that was last year in winnipeg that was his career best this one from 51. 
If he hits it, we're going to overtime. If he misses it, the Eskimos are 0-2. In his short Eskimo career, Sean White has had a couple of walk-offs. This one from 51 to tie it. Ball is up, and it is through. Sean White has done it again. He had to wait 60 minutes for a field goal attempt. He waited patiently and then nailed it from 51 yards. Tell me about the emotions you must have, kind of just waiting and waiting and waiting. Yeah, I, was, I just finished telling somebody, too. I'm just stealing checks today. I'm not even doing anything. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just the way the game was going, I kind of, near the end there, I'm like, all right, it was like two and a half minutes left. I, I just stayed ready because I just knew it was going to come down to me again. And uh... It's a tie game. We're going to overtime for the second straight game. 36-36 is the score. What's more pressure, uh, one at the end of the game or one in overtime? I'd say the overtime one. Um, you know, it's an easy one you got to make, so you look like an idiot if you miss it. <laughs> Here's Sean White. Puts it up, and he hits it. So the Eskimos go up. 39-36 on a field goal from Sean White. Third and inches for the Riders, and they're going to go for it. And if the Eskimos manage to stop the Riders here, it's over. Eskimos win. Daring Durant will go under center. Yeah, you know what? We needed about a little less than a yard. And, and again, just like in the Grey Cup last year, if you, if you can't get a yard, you shouldn't be in this game. They're off a yard. Uh, again, didn't have a challenge flag to, to do anything about the spot, but uh, that was the decision that was made. And, uh, again, we, uh, you know, we're going to be aggressive and we're playing to win. We're not sitting there playing to try to tie the ball game in their house. He takes the snap and J.C. Sherritt goes over the top. It's close, but I think Durant might have he might have just got it. Sherritt with a great effort. I think that was their fourth or fifth QB sneak, and he went the same way every time. So uh, our D-line had a plan. We all schemed it up the right way where they were going to cut and I was going to jump. And, uh, you know, that's a credit to the D-line for just clearing the clearing the leap for me, and luckily we got it. You kind of dangling there upside down for a while, too. I know. I was trying to rip the ball out. I knew they weren't blowing the whistle, so I was hoping I'd at least get the ball out of it. Tom Valesti is calling for the measure. Oh, or I see one of the officials' feet right now. That's not a first down. It looks like they're... He's placing it. He's not... They had to get to the... Yeah, I'm not sure. We'll have to wait. They're bringing out the chains to measure it. Wow. Here we go. You could win or lose a game on a measurement here. You ever won a game on a measurement before? I don't think so. That was, that was straight out of the movies, right? Yeah, yeah it was, that was weird. It was perfect. Uh, was how, how, were, you, were you over top of it? How, where were you when they were doing the measurement? Oh, I was right there. I was right there. It, was, it had to be an inch and a half. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was awesome. I think it's short. I think it's short. The Eskimo defense has done it. Eskimos win the football game. It is short. 39-36 on a defensive stand on third and short. Over two years with him, the Eskimos were 26-10 with Chris Jones. Now against him, they're 1-0. A real roller coaster tonight, eh? You know, you're down by a bunch, you're up by a bunch, you're down a little, you're up a little. It's just a just a weird game all through. Yeah, and that's the way CFL is, man. It's just uh, it's tough to win. It's easy to lose. It's very tough to win. And uh, again, we we just shooting ourselves in the foot. But uh, you know, in the end, we came together as a team and we did what we had to do to win. 
With Eskimos head coach Jason Moss. Jason, they're already calling it an instant classic from Friday night. Uh, your first win as a coach is certainly a memorable game. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you just, uh, I'll remember it as a W, but absolutely, you know, the first time you do anything, you know, it's always going to mean something to you. And, you know, um, I was so happy for our group of coaches, our group of players to play to the end there and come out with a, with a win for our organization um, with everything that was on the line. And we all know what that was. So, you know, it's it's nice to, to get a victory. And with it being my first one as a head coach, I'll remember it the rest of my life is like anything you do for the first time. I was a Gatorade HR. It was awesome. It was a great, a great feeling. Chris and Justin doing that for me um, means a lot. Um, you know, I just, uh, you know, as a head coach, you always look forward to those opportunities. It means you did something well. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for our team. Like I said, they come out with a W there and excited about it. 13 seconds left. It was almost flawless the way you operated to get into field goal position. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, we, we took what the defense was giving us there at the end, and they were giving up that, that short side of the field. Um, you know, and very fortunate, to be quite honest with you, and we understand that. But at the end of the day, it still came down to execution. Our guys executed what they needed to do, and then Sean needed to kick that one up through the uprights to put it in the overtime, and he did a great job. So, um, you know, that's all 12 guys on that position because we'd had an extra point blocked earlier in the game. You know they were going to come after us. So to put that behind us and to execute that the last second of a game, you know, to put in overtime, uh, you know, was, was great. I imagine you're learning things about your team through every game, but it would thing we've all noticed first two games uh, this team's got a lot of fight in it no it does we talk about it every day we talk about it's going to take 60 minutes to beat anybody in this league uh we feel like if we play our best football for 60 minutes we're gonna have a chance to win every single one of them so that's our mindset i've told them to you know to win games this year you're gonna have to it's gonna be the hardest year you've ever had because you're the repeating champions you're gonna play a whole bunch of championship rounds uh each and every week so you got to bring your best every single day so that the games feel easy to you and i feel like that's what we've done you know we've come up short on one come up on the positive end of the other and you know as long as i think we as long as we fight for 60 minutes as a football club together you know we're gonna be hard to beat you've had the good finishes starts i'm sure aren't what you wanted in either game um, how do you correct that and why has it been happening in your mind I mean, lack of execution, to be quite honest with you. I mean, you know, our guys need to be more locked in um, to what our game plan is early in the game. Um, you know, uh, you know, take some look at it as a coach, too, to see are we doing too much early in the game. Um, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we're definitely addressing all that. But players themselves, they've got to take an onus on learning our plays and understanding what we're doing early in the game. Uh, we've able, been able to adjust what every defense has done to us as the game's progressed. But, you know, early in the games, you know, the lack of execution's been there. Um, you know, even this game, you're going to go down there and we're in the red zone, we turn the ball over. But, you know, poor decision by Mike, one of his few poor decisions he's made this year. And then, you know, our receiver runs typical a, a, a part of a wrong route on that play too and Mike should have just cut his mistakes and lived to play another day and he tried to force one there so you know you got you know that happened we're backed up we got drops we got penalties like I said the execution just hasn't been there and we got to take that as an offensive group to get better and start faster if we start faster in games it'd be um, not I mean it's, it obviously it matters when you go into overtime and you don't score any points in the first quarter so if you score any points in the first quarter the outcome probably is different but you know you still have to finish strong no matter how fast you start but we talk about it here we want a fast start so we just haven't quite done it
Does a slow start hinder the way you want your offense to run? I mean, when you go no huddle and you go hurry up, if you don't start well, maybe the, it might backfire. Is, we're not we're not scoring early in the games, but we're driving the ball. Like we're able to put together drives. So the, the thing that hurts our offense more than anything is staying off the field and not putting two and five. If you go two and out four or five times in a row, that's bad for our team. But we're not doing that. We're just not executing after four or five plays, and we're it's a long field. My bottom line. I mean, in this league, you got to put six, seven, eight, ten plays drives together at times to get into scoring range so you know we're still putting drives together early we're just not finishing drives and that's more of what we need to do um, and if we can do that and correct that we'll be in better place come fourth quarter uh, a few roster moves made already this week i want to just get your comments on a couple of them first off losing alex hoffman ellis after uh just arriving last week uh, obviously tough for him tough for the team too yeah no question i mean we were at, we had big big expectations for alex uh to come in right away and and contribute to us special teams and then be a backup on our on our roster as a linebacker knowing that he could back up at jc and dion but uh you know we'll move on from there i mean he'll be out for a lot of long part of the year but hopefully be back at the end um you know it does suck but you know at the end of the day it's professionals football someone else has to step up Cedric McKinley traded to the, the Rough Riders. Uh, obviously, a position you have some depth in, and yeah, and obviously get something for for a depth. Yeah, I mean, he we have depth. We're excited about Hunt days, and you know, it, at the end of the day, you know, we had to make a move, and you know, Saskatchewan came calling. Um, you know, and like I said, I wish nothing but the best for Cedric. He was a complete pro while I was here. Um, you know, and I know he's going where Jones, where he's comfortable, uh, and where he's you know feels like they'll con he'll contribute there. So. Uh, it was good for both sides, I believe, and at the end of the day, yeah, we get another Canadian draft pick, which we all know this league is built on your Canadian talent, and, and order, when you do that, it's, it's a good thing. Bombers on Thursday night, a team that, uh, especially offensively, so many game breakers. Uh, uh, a team that hasn't won a lot of game over the last games over the last few years, but they're probably in better position now to win than they have been for the last few years. That's your opinion. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I wish nothing but the best for Mike. Just not this week. I mean, I'm a bit good friend of Mike's, but. Uh, you know we're we're in tough. We know it. I mean we're go, you're going on the road to play um, a game, and you know it, it's it for us. It's a big it's a big game. We we know we're at to play 60 minutes to fo great football to beat their club. I mean they're they're they are a great football team. I, I don't care what the record says. They got a lot of weapons on offense. They got a lot of weapons on defense. They play physically tough, sound football. So we're in tough for sure, and we know it. But at the same time, we feel like if we play 60 minutes with anybody in our league, we all have a chance to win it at the end. And that's what we're focused on. Yeah, a tough stadium to play into. Absolutely, they're they're uh, it, like I said, it's a it's complete home field advantage there. Uh, a tough place to play, and like I said, I know Mike personally, and he's going to have them ready to roll and ready to play. We got to be up to snuff in order to to come out with a victory. So, Jason, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Eskimos head coach Jason Moss, now 1-1 one one in his coaching career, got his first win as a Canadian Football League head coach on Friday night in overtime against the Rough Riders. Still to come on the Eskimo show this evening, we will check in with uh, rookie Kenny Ladler and veteran Marcus Howard. We'll also go to Winnipeg and speak with Bob Irving. Coming up next, it's Blake Dermott. You're listening to the Eskimo show on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad.
Hey, everybody. Morley Scott on the Eskimo Show tonight. We're going to check in later on with Bob Irving, the play-by-play voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, Blake Dermott's on hold. We'll get to him in a second. But first, remind you, Thursday, the Eskimos are in Winnipeg to play the Blue Bombers. Bombers are 1-2. and two. Uh, Game time is 6.30. We'll have the pregame show for you at 5 o'clock. Next home game for the Eskimos will be on July 23rd against the Hamilton Tiger Cats, a Saturday game. And uh, you can get tickets for that uh, through the Eskimos website, also at Ticketmaster. So that's coming up against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. By the way, Zach Kolaris practiced today with the Tiger Cats lightly, but he did get back on the field for the first time. So he's getting closer to a return to the lineup. All right, let's uh, say good evening to Blake Dermott. Hey, Blake, how are you? Hey, good, Morley. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. You know, I, I've watched the game from Friday a couple of times again and uh, talked with players both yesterday at practice and today at practice. And the more I watch it and the more I talk to people, the more I realize that's a pretty special evening on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium on Friday night. It really was. It was, uh, you know, it was one of those things that, like, as a fan, when you're sitting there watching it, it was really frustrating early because they, the Eskimos looked like they were struggling. But then you just started to see them figure it out about halfway through that second quarter and right through to the to the fourth quarter. They just they were dominant on defense and and the offense was just was, it looked like they were really clicking. And then and then the the thing the really weird thing was one negative thing happened and it was a holy cow Saskatchewan is just they're not going to give up and they. You know, we, we know what kind of coaching staff they have and what kind of, uh, you know, attitude that those guys bring. And uh, they just they seem to have that winning attitude. And they wanted to get back and win this game. And, and then you know, to have it uh, be tied up in the basically the last play of the, the game and then go into overtime, it, it really was a special game. It was one of the most exciting Eskimo games that I've seen in 10 years. Uh, how about Sean White? Man, has, has he been money since he arrived here? Yeah, he is... Uh, He's one of those guys, and I mentioned it on the broadcast. I kind of wonders how. Kind of, you kind of wonder how come he was out of football for a period of time. He is. What is it? Seventeen for seven uh, in his, uh, seventeen in a row in his last. Eight, eighteen in a row. Eighteen in a yep. row, and uh, and he really has been. He has been money for the Eskimos, and he's some. Some would say without him, they don't win the Grey Cup last year, and uh, and I, I really believe that. And he's just he's just got ice water in his veins, and. Uh, and he's got these, you know, he's, he's still young enough. He's got a strong leg. I mean, that was a 51-yard field goal, and he made that with a bunch. And we were watching him in pregame, and he was hitting 55s and making them with five yards to go. So so he uh, he certainly has the leg strength, and he certainly has the confidence right now. And I talked to him yesterday, and, like, he's a little guy. Uh, yeah. But, man, he's got some power in that leg. And, and he said, hey, it's all technique. It's all how you kick the ball. Yeah, no, they uh, – I played with an awful lot of kickers that weren't that big. And uh, – I mean, Sean Fleming might have been the tallest, uh, but still, even at uh, whatever height he was, six three, six two, he was he he, he wouldn't have been uh, 190 pounds. He was kind of a slim guy. But uh, you don't have to have. You just look at those golfers out there. You know, some of the best golfers in the world aren't that tall. They just got really good flexibility and got a good range and and get some some club head speed. And, and uh, he's getting some club head speed with his foot. Uh, I think it's Fleming, by the way, who has uh, 22 straight for the Eskimo record. So uh, Sean White closing in on that with 18 straight field goals. Uh, and he'll, of course, be in the lineup. Uh, going back to Winnipeg, where he hit the big 53-yarder last year to win the game on the last play of the game. And as he said to me, I, I was in Montreal for four years, and I think I got two walk-off opportunities. And he's had like four of them as an Eskimo in not even a year's worth of games yet. So uh, everything's fallen right for him, which is great. And the Eskimos will certainly welcome that as uh, as they move along. Um, I guess the idea for the team now, Blake, is to capitalize on this. They have uh, they've won one. They've, they've they've gotten over a bad start with that loss to Ottawa. Uh, they got a chance to go into Winnipeg now and get on a bit of a roll. You 
know, I, I don't even I don't even consider that uh, that loss to uh, Ottawa a bad start. I, I would I would say that the loss to to Toronto last year was a bad start. This was a good team that they were playing against Ottawa, and Ottawa's proved that out by. You know, I mean, they should have won this last game against Calgary, but they're still undefeated. So, so that was a good team they lost to, and and they had to kick a 55-yard field goal in the last play of the game to extend it in overtime. So, I didn't think the Eskimos played really poorly. I just don't think they were as sharp as they need to be. And um, I think if uh, all things being equal, when you look at Ottawa's team and you look at Edmonton's team, especially with the the, the turnover and change between the two organizations by the mid-season point, which team has the the, the highest curve in growth? Uh, I think the Eskimos, if they were to meet again at halfway through the season, they have the opportunity to, to to be so much better than what Ottawa does because I think Ottawa hit that hit that game with pretty close to midseason stride. Now, when you come into Winnipeg, now these are two teams that uh, Winnipeg uh, have not lot of, uh, have not won a lot of games at home since the new stadium's been put into mm-hmm. place, and and uh, this is a team that needs to win. They got the win that they needed last week, which is you know. Save a bunch of jobs and everything else, and um, this is Edmonton can't. You know they're one and one, but uh, they they can't afford to be two and one, and, and Winnipeg certainly can't afford to be three and one. So I I think you got two teams coming off wins, playing a big game against each other, and this is a divisional game. I, I'm excited about how this how this game could play out. You know Winnipeg's defense had six turnovers last week. I think Drew Willie threw for like 73 percent, uh, and and they still didn't look good, and, and that's a that's a positive from their standpoint, and. And you know Edmonton put the numbers they did almost 500 yards of offense, and and uh, and they could say that for almost half the game they didn't look good offensively, and certainly for half the game defensively they didn't look good. So these are two teams that are trying to get to that point in the, where they they minimize the mistakes. And and uh, Edmonton again had was it I think 12 penalties this past game, which was the same as what they had the week before, and it's still above the the average so far this season. So they've got lots of room to clean up. And we know, just looking at Winnipeg, and uh, that they have a ton of room to clean up. But I'm excited about this game, especially because it's coming off a short week. Yeah, lots of excitement going forward. Uh, Blake, thanks for your time. I'd appreciate it. Look forward to talking to you on Thursday from Winnipeg. Okay, Morley, we'll, we'll talk to you. I'll, I'll probably see you tomorrow at practice. All right, great stuff. That's uh, former Eskimo Blake Dermott, our analyst on Eskimo Broadcasts, and uh, he'll be on the air with us uh, just after uh, 5 o'clock on Thursday. Eskimos play the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Kickoff is at 6.30. We'll head to the newsroom, and we'll come back with Kenny Ladler. This is the Eskimo Show with Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio, 6.30 Chad. So after weekend action in the Canadian Football League, here's how the CFL West looks. The BC Lions on top with a 2-1 and one record. Uh, next, it's Calgary at 1-1-1. One, one, and one. The Eskimos are 1-1. One, and one. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers are 1-2. and two. And the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are in the basement with a 0-2 and two record. The only team without a win in the CFL. Uh, in the East, Ottawa's on top. Two wins and a tie. Toronto's two and one, Montreal's one and one, and Hamilton is one and two. Eskimos will be in Winnipeg on Thursday night to take on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Five o'clock for the pregame, six thirty for the kickoff from Investors Group Field. Back home on the twenty-third against Hamilton. Head to the Eskimos website for ticket information on that game against the Tie Cats. Kenny Ladler's been a pretty good fit on the Eskimos defense. Of course, needing a guy in that Sam linebacker spot now a nickelback spot vacated by Otha Foster. The Eskimos 
signed Ladler. He was uh, with the ones all through training camp and has earned the spot as the starter there. Uh, he's put up some good numbers in two games, 10 defensive tackles, a couple of special teams tackles. He's had two fumble recoveries, uh, put up some good numbers and feels that uh, he's pretty comfortable now with his CFL game. I think my uh, first play jitters are over with now. I think it's time for me to, I'm, I'm relaxed and I'm, I'm in my um, comfort zone to, to understand the mistakes that I've made in the past and just get ready to uh, play f- a lot faster than I have been playing and actually uh, just recognizing a lot of plays before they happen and being uh, aware of the certain players that are out there because I'm new to this league so now I'm starting to figure out the, the good players in this league now that the couple games have started so we have film on um, those players so it's uh my my confidence is going up each week and my um preparation is going up also because I have more film to watch players and see how they're doing recently. Are you uh you got film to watch obviously in the meeting rooms and everything and I think you got the iPads to watch uh are you watching games on TV too to try and soak up as much as you can? Oh definitely. Um when we don't play and we have Thursday nights after practice, there's Thursday night games and Friday night games. I've gotten to watch a couple games yeah. each week since the season started and just to get to see from the announcers to see them going to details about certain players and see the actual game uh, live on TV. It just gives me a sense of how each team is, what type of team they are, what type of um, attitude they bring, and uh, what type of players they have. So I've gotten to watch a couple of games recently, and I like I like, uh, I like the, the teams that we've seen. So it's going to be a lot of competition once we get out there. Give me your thoughts on Friday night. I would imagine kind of a game that you haven't played it before. I mean, that's CFL football. It's finest right there. Oh, yeah, that's going to be an instant classic. I mean, you you live to tell your grandkids about that one, and it was it was an exciting uh, finish for us, and we persevered through the uh, good and the bad. So, we the main thing is we came out with the win, and we found a way to win, and uh, even though it wasn't a perfect game, we still made it a game that was uh, in a win column, so we we was very excited about it. I know the fans were excited about it, and coaches, Coach Moss getting the first win in this Commonwealth Stadium as a head coach, very exciting for us. Uh, down by three with 13 seconds to go. If you're in the NFL, everybody's walking off the field, right? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, with with, with the team, with my teammates, and I seeing all the determination from everybody on the sideline, even with the coaches and the offense. I mean. There's no, there's, there wasn't no doubt in my mind that we could get across to the um, tie up the game. So it was just a, it was just a matter of seeing it happen. But we definitely didn't, didn't give up. We have that mentality where we fight until there's zero seconds on the clock because it happened to us week one. So, I mean, we learned from that that like this game isn't over until zero seconds on the clock. So we had to uh, respond as soon as uh, they scored that. Uh, touchdown. So and, and winning on a measurement's just weird, right? <laughs> oh, definitely. I mean, this is this this is why this is a great game. It's a game of inches. I mean, it's our our line, our man versus their man. Who wants it the most? Who has the most grit and the most the heart? And uh, the lowest man wins at the end of the day. So we we came up with a great stop, and uh, Saskatchewan played a great game. They gave us a great hard fight, but we had we was able to come out with the win, and uh, it was a good thing that we had stopped them on defense too. It made our defense a lot more confident in uh, stepping up for the team.
That's Eskimo linebacker Kenny Ladler talking to him at practice today. Uh, he and the Eskimos will be in Winnipeg Thursday night, 5 o'clock for the pregame, 6.30 for the kickoff from Investors Group Field. Uh, already in Winnipeg is Bob Irving, the voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers from our sister station CJOB in Winnipeg. He joins us now. Hey, Bob. Hey, how you doing? I'm uh, doing very good, thank you. Tell me, a uh, 28-24 win over the Hamilton Tiger Cats in Hamilton last Thursday. How big of a win was that for the Winnipeg Blue Bomber franchise? Well, uh, it's, I would say it's big with a capital B. Uh, you know, they were 0-2 going into the game, and so you're either going to be 0-3 or 1-2 coming out of it. And there's a lot of pressure on the organization. You know, they were 5-13 and last year, 7-11 and the year before, 3-15 and the year before that. Uh, you know, this team's done nothing but lose since they went to the Grey Cup in 2011. And this is year three of the Wade Miller, Kyle Walters, Mike O'Shea trio. And the first two years uh, didn't show a lot of progress in the eyes of the fans, and here they start 0-2. So you can add it all up, and going into the game in Hamilton, there was pressure on them, pressure on all of them. An 0-3 start would have been probably disastrous, is too strong a word in an 18-game season, but it would be close to it. So uh, there was a, there's no question the cloud lifted a little bit, and there was a weight off everybody's shoulders with that win in Hamilton. Is that noticeable this week at practice, or do they seem like a different group? You know, not really. Um, they're very businesslike, very professional here, and that's the influence of Mike O'Shea. Um, actually, they had a very enthusiastic week of practice leading up to the Hamilton game, and I, you know, I think that was to kind of convince themselves that everything was still going to be okay, and two games were at the end of the world. So I don't notice any significant difference, but I think if you could sort of somehow hook up a monitor to the players and <laughs> and gauge their level of satisfaction and all that good stuff, it would be a little bit higher this week than it has been. Yeah, same thing here, actually, with what the Eskimos did with Saskatchewan, for sure. Uh, Talk to me about Drew Willie. Uh, It just seems that uh, he's the guy who seems to be getting the blame for this, Uh, a lot of it anyway, especially offensively, obviously. Uh, His numbers are pretty good, though. I was was surprised looking at his numbers tonight. I was was really surprised. He's he's completing about 74% of his passes through uh, the first three games. He's averaging over 300 yards a game. He's thrown for four touchdowns. How has he played this year? Well, you know, those numbers are a little misleading in this sense. The first two games, uh, the first three quarters of those two games, the Bombers scored 11 points, not in each game, but total. And the offense really did nothing. Now, they came alive in the fourth quarter of both those games and put up most of the good numbers you're talking about for Drew Willey. Now, he played very well in Hamilton. He completed 76% of his passes for almost 300 yards, um, no interceptions, had a touchdown pass. So he played much better. But the first two games, uh, until the fourth quarter, when the games were out of reach, uh, Drew wasn't very sharp. But what the fans forget, and, and this is all part of the losing that's gone on here, right? And so the quarterback comes into focus, and, and they want to blame him for everything. That goes on in football all the time. Drew hasn't played since game seven last year when he suffered that uh, catastrophic knee injury. So he missed most of last year. Uh, didn't play a lot in the preseason. So the first two games of the season were the first two games he's played in almost a year. So I think he's still knocking some rust off. And I know, you know, Mike Riley had uh, uh, a bad injury last year, but he did play at the end of the year. So I think, you know, there's some of that with Drew. Uh, but he's also a target here because this team's been losing, and they want him to kind of put on that Superman shirt and, 
and lead them to the promised land. And they want it to happen right now, not next week or in game 15. They want it right now. So I think it's just symptomatic of the pressure that's on the entire organization. And always in football, a quarterback will uh, will be in the eye of the hurricane if the team's not doing well. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think maybe fans in Winnipeg have seen other quarterbacks develop quicker when you look at what Trevor Harris has done, even Mike Riley, uh, Zach Kolaris, and, and now Jonathan Jennings in BC. It just seems that they have developed and moved their careers along quicker than Willie has, and probably that might be due to injury and it might be due to playing on a bad team. Well, sure. Look, the first year he was here in 2014, they were they started 5-1, and one, okay? And this was Willie Pegg. He, yep. he could basically own the town. Well, from that point on in that season, they won two more games and lost, uh, what, they lost 10 games, won two and lost 10, lost eight in a row at one point. And Willie took a fearful pounding in those games. He got hit far more often than any quarterback in the league. So that was his first season. It started well, ended poorly, and the team was not very good. You're right. Last year, he only played in seven games. And they were 3-3 three and three when he was injured, or he was 3-3, three and three, had eight touchdown passes, three interceptions, and one of the top quarterback ratings in the league. So then he missed the rest of the year. So we really haven't seen, I don't think, Drew Willie at his best. And he's, you know, to a degree, he's still an unproven commodity. Um, you know, he did start last season well, and he played very well here the other night. But the, the team, the coaches and the, the management uh, still feel he's the guy. They have great confidence in him. They think he's a top-line quarterback. And if he can stay healthy, and they've made every effort to, to make that possible this year with the way they've designed their offense, if he can stay healthy, they feel he can have a, you know, the kind of season that will then – uh, see him viewed as one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, like any other quarterback, I guess if he's healthy and protected, he'll be successful probably, right? Well, he's got a lot of talent. I mean, you watch yeah. him throw, you can see he's a terrific passer. He really is, I think, in terms of his passing skills, they're as good as a lot of quarterbacks I've seen over the years. Uh, he is adapting to a new offense. It's completely different with Paul Lapolice, and that is going to take time. He's got new receivers everywhere. Western wrestler, Ryan Smith, they've got a rookie, Jace Davis, so uh, a new running back in Andrew Harris. There's been a tremendous turnover here of personnel, and again, the fans don't like to hear, well, you have to be patient, right? They don't like to hear that, but the reality in football is that sometimes it takes a little time for groups to mesh together. So I think all of that is going on, uh, and uh, we'll see how it all turns out. But in terms of the way the management views Drew Willie, they gave him a big contract. He's making about $400,000 a year. They think he is worth that and now it's up to him to prove to them that he's worth that because if he does then this team should have some success this year yeah uh, we've got about a minute left with uh, bob irving from cgo bay in winnipeg bob i just want to get your take on the free agent crop that the bombers went out and signed a lot of big names yeah. uh, harris dressler smith uh medlock who has been the most impactful of those guys Oh, that's a good one. Well, Andrew Harris, I think, quite clearly. He's uh, he's played really well in these first three games. He's really given them everything they thought he would. He's a good running back. He's a terrific receiver for a back, good blocker. Uh, he's a nice outlet for Drew uh, Willie to have to just drop it off, that little swing pass, the little release pass. Uh, Euclid Cummings has played well at tackle. Medlock's off to a slow start. Dressler was hurt in the first game, missed the second game. You know, so I think the jury is out still on, on some of those players. Keith Shuligan has played well on the mm-hmm. defensive line. But the, clearly Andrew Harris has made the biggest impact. But they're counting on Dressler and Ryan Smith and, and Cummings as, as he gets more comfortable to, to be similar type of impact players. I mean, that's why they spent all that dough. 
All right, Bob Irving, uh, I appreciate your time tonight. Thanks very much. We'll uh, we'll see you on uh, Wednesday at Investors Group. You bet. Look forward to it. All right, thanks very much. That's uh, okay. Bob Irving, voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. When we come back, we'll hear from Marcus Howard. It's the Eskimo Show on 630 You're listening to the Eskimo Show on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. Well, the final word tonight on the Eskimo Show comes from Eskimo defensive end Marcus Howard, who had a conversation today with Dave Campbell. First of all, tell me what it's like to go through not one overtime game, but two overtime games in a row. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's pretty exciting, man. You know, um, the first game we lost it, uh, it was a close one. Um, but, but you know, what? other was a pretty good team. The second game, the second game we won that game. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I was a little afraid. Uh, I was thinking going into the overtime that we would uh, tie the ball game. I didn't, I didn't think that Coach Jones would actually go for it, but um, he went for it, and, and uh, the defense stood up and made a big play. We won the ball game. Mm. Is that a big statement for the defense? I mean, it's been, it's been some growing pains the first two games for, for, for this group, but to stop them, to stop the Riders on the third and one, is that a jumping off point for this defense? Can, you know, hey. We got it done. Yeah, it's a huge statement, man. You know, it's a huge statement for the defense, but not only for the defense, for the uh, for the whole team. Uh, just just to get that stop, just to get that first win uh, for Coach Moss and um, for the, for the Edmonton Eskimos for the uh, 2016 season. It's a huge stop, and then for the for the young guys, we have a lot of young guys on defense, yeah. and just uh, just for them to, to get the feeling of actually winning the ball game. That's that's important, not a preseason game, you know, because after the after the second preseason game of beating uh, Saskatchewan, we we thought we we thought we were pretty good defense um and i still think we are but we just got a lot of growing pains to go through and uh, i think we'll be good in a couple of weeks uh one of the one of the processes that you know jc Sherrod said it on our post game show coach benavides has said it we need to develop a killer instinct and and the one thing benavides said uh yesterday to me was you know what when we're up 33 19 we got to take their heart out <laughs> yeah you know uh we was up 33 19 and you know i i feel that uh, still you know at that point of the game, all the defense was playing pretty great, you know, and um, like you said, we just have to have to have that killer instinct, you know. We had a couple of turnovers that um, wasn't anybody's fault, you know. It just happened. That's just part of the game. And, you know, guys guys on defense, we didn't, we didn't step up to the challenge. So, and that's one thing that, that the coaches talk about is just stepping up to the challenge and um, just, you know, just taking that on. And I think this week we, uh, we'll be able to do that. Is it just handling adversity better too, you know? And the the – the snowball went down the hill again after the after the fumble, yeah. and he give you you know you have to defend a short field. Is it just handling that yeah. situation better? Just, yeah, it's just that verse, like you said. You know, we got a lot of young guys. You know, um, you know, we like we lost Ojo. You know, that's that was a major part part of us. You know, uh, you know, I'm not gonna lie, I I didn't even see the the uh, the onside kick. We back on the field. You know, like what's going on? You know, and I stepped up to it. And I, you know, I'm trying to go out there and make a play, but you know, it's gonna take all uh, 12 of us to go out there and make a play. When, whenever we get that mentality that all uh, 12 of us has to make a play each and every play, and we each have to do our job each and every single play, I think we're gonna be a better defense. Want to ask you about front four pressure? Yeah. Do you feel that that has been lacking? Do you feel you're you're in heading in the right direction? Where is that at? Because it seems like it's been a struggle of the first few games. Yeah, you know, I mean, and I, you know, that's that's what I say. You know, everything goes hand in hand. You know, if you 
I, I, I can't speak bad about anybody, you know, people do their job, this and that. And I mean, I, I've read and heard that we're not getting pressure. But if you actually come in our meeting room and actually, like, sit down there and watch the film, you know, guys, I'm, like, just there. Armando is just there, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it just go all in hand in hand, you know, when the linebackers get better and the DBs get better, you know, and then, you know, we get better as a defensive line. We just have a little bit more fast twitch muscle. I mean, those those just half a second will be turn into sex so that's what I'm saying like by week four three four five you know I feel as though those just barely missing I mean because I feel like I should have had two or three sacks last game but you know somebody may somebody may not have jammed in the back end you know uh, it might have been a play where oh I could have got there by the model then just do what he had to do and I just missed up same thing with me like I might have went inside and caused it you know the, the quarterback to just have a little bit of lane just to step out, and then the monitor just missed it. So it's just those little things. I don't think that we're losing our, our, our abilities. It's just all about being, you know, I guess, disciplined. And right. I think once everybody, when all 12 guys become disciplined, those it'll be sacks. Well, you've been playing against, you know, three pretty good quarterbacks yeah. to start the season. They don't get faced too much when there's pressure in the pocket, right? Yeah, you know, like you say, you know what I mean? And, and, and you know, we had one. I had one against against Henry Burris, and then Amondo had his sack or whatever. And, you know, against Durant, I mean, you know, I hit him like three or four times, you know, and Amondo hit him twice. That's that's about six, eight, games, six, eight hits in the game. And then, you know, you. but then Durant is a great quarterback. He's a veteran guy. So the ball was coming out real fast. So I'm not saying that Drew Willie isn't a good quarterback, but you know, Durant, Henry Burris, Trevor Harris, you really, I mean, those those are two, two, uh, two totally different offenses, and then Saskatchewan offense, the same offense we ran last year, and the ball is the ball is taught to be to come out quick, you know. Mm -hmm. So I, I think you know we have a better shot this week. Hopefully, I'm you know wishful thinking, but we'll just see how it goes. And the first road game of the season, too. And that's always a, a challenge for any team, right? Yeah, that's a challenge. You know, like you said, for me, you know, I'm. I'm not, I mean, it's a chance because the first real game of the season, but, you know, it's, it's like riding a bike to me. You know, I've been doing this for a long time. Mm -hmm. It's fun to see what the young guys going to do. Me, me being an older guy, you know, I laugh at a lot of things that I see the young guys do. They always on their cell phones. I, I love Ruben Frank. He reminds me a lot of myself when I was his age, you know, just big-eyed and just trying to see everything. So it's just fun to see how those guys are going to just react and just act, you know, just, just getting on the actual plane with, with guys and just, just becoming the pro. That is Marcus Howard talking with uh, Dave Campbell, and uh, that'll wrap it up for tonight. Our thanks to Marcus Howard, our other guests as well tonight. Bob Irving, play-by-play -play voice of the Blue Bombers in Winnipeg, uh, Eskimo linebacker Kenny Ladler, our football analyst Blake Dermott, and uh, head coach Jason Moss. Also thanks to Matt Panasiak, our studio producer tonight for the Eskimo Show. Eskimos in Winnipeg on Thursday. Uh, it'll be a 6.30 start, 5 o'clock for the pregame show here on 6.30. Chad. My thanks to you as well for listening. My name is Morley Scott. Enjoy the rest of your evening.